Don't you know? Don't you know? Welcome to a great edition of Frank the Tank. I am Frank the Tank, Frankie James. Little emer- not emergency episode, but what I feel like that needs to happen. Uh, we got a great, great guest here, and we're not going to waste waste too much time because um, we're busy men, and that's just the way it is. So we're going to get our, our good friend in here, Kyle Hall, covers the New York Rangers and USA Hockey for Belly Up Sports, host of the Broadway hat podcast and ufhl now for ufs network let's get them right in here let's not waste any time kyle how are you how are you that's the question thank you so much for being here you're a busy man so the fact that i was able to get here (laughs) at 6 a.m in the morning says a lot (laughs) (laughs) thanks for for having me on always good to talk hockey right uh yeah there's nothing wrong with talking hockey now you were just on a show uh, shout out to um, to Adam and his partner over there, and you guys got the talking. And I requested if I could come in and just say a few words, and we kind of went from there. And um, it's good that you were able to uh, sneak in a little time in, in, in your busy schedule with um, with everything that's happening right now. Mm-hmm. So let's dig deep. Let's dig deep with Kyle Hall, doing some Ranger work. Obviously, you have a few projects, get your podcast going on. A um, little bit about you, man. Like, how'd you get into the podcast game? How long have you had it? Um, what's it, what was it like when you when you got in the door with the Rangers? Because first of all, when we think New York Rangers, we think Madison Square Garden, mm-hmm. you know, a place, a venue that I haven't been to. I will get there though. I will get there, Kyle. Uh, what kind of, tell me a little bit about like 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 what that was like, you know, like like being able to cover the Rangers and obviously start your podcast. Yeah. Uh, so I guess it all started with COVID. Um, you know, the world kind of shut down. And, uh, you know, when no one was going outside and I was like, you know, kind of <clears throat> wanted to do something, I had a, like a, like a blog, my buddies in college. And I was like, I wouldn't mind doing something like that again. And, uh, I always like was drawn to podcasts and, um, it kind of just sitting there one day and I got sent the thing about belly up sports. And I was like, what's this? And I clicked on the link and I was like, New York Rangers, blogger writer wanted i was like well that's interesting and uh so i was like contact them i was like hey used to do some writing it's been a many year since then but uh, obviously huge fan of the team follow the team have a lot of opinions on the team and uh and they're like yeah let's give it a try so <clears throat> did that started writing and i was like here's a perfect time now to kind of go from the writing side to blo- to uh, podcasting as well and kind of tying it all together. And then it was COVID. So it was like, nothing was happening. Cause you know, the season wasn't happening. And it was like, it was like a January start time. And it was like, how many season previews can you really do? So like 
that was tough. So we pushed the show back to December 2019. And then I had the idea that if I did the show, uh, I wanted to have four players on. Cause that's like, I want to hear people's like hockey stories, hockey journeys. And um, yeah, since then we just released episode 82 this last week. We've had, over, yeah, thank you. We've had over 90 uh, current former hockey players or, or uh, media members from hockey in the playoffs. I think we released, I think it was nine episodes with 11 guests. We had on like Linda Cohen, Stan Fischler, some like big names in New York City market and media. Um, it was great for like <clears throat> visiting teams. We had the uh, play-by-play guys or the you know color guys from visiting teams on the show to kind of give us um, another perspective of what the Rangers were going to be looking at in the series, and it's been great. Like I, we've had guys like Theo Fleurion that are you know worldwide names to you know my first guy Vince Pedri who was a guy who played a couple years in the Rangers minor leagues, but is an awesome guy and everyone's got a hockey story. So that's why I love it. You can play. It's all about, you know, obviously the Rangers are the thing, but like we go over the whole guy's story. So they play for the Flyers. We talk about the Flyers. We talk about who's on that team. Talk coaches. Talked a lot about John Tortorella, uh, you know, for, you know, the guys who played for him and his crazy stories. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, it's all about their hockey journey. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and usually Torch is a big part of anyone's journey. So uh so definitely some good stories come out about him. Well, even with that just being said, you know, it Torch is a big part of people's journey. Um, you know, people are gonna have their opinion, but let's hope for the best. Uh comment from Jesse Bell. What's up, Kyle? Great guy, great pod, uh, got ACSN, ice cold takes. Jesse Bell's an incredible guy. Uh I was part of his network for a little while. Good guy, good man, good friend. Good guy. Uh, yeah. thanks for checking in. And then we got uh we got Adam. <laughs> Adam, thanks for having me, my friend. Um, you know, kind of like exactly what you were saying, like the stories, you know, COVID's really seemed to open up a lot of things. You know, it's great to see that you, you know, start the podcast. I happened to start doing pickling uh, from my uh, garden up back. That was uh, my thing. But I started out um, <laughs> doing some writing with uh, old crew flyers, Diddy Gritty, kind of how I got in it, man, and just ran with it. And it's a dream come true. It really is. I, I played hockey about 18 years and now being able to do, you know, we just have the podcast talking hockey. Um, doesn't get any better than that. It, it, really, no. it really doesn't. You know, I always so, joke when these. I always joke at the end of these shows with these guys, and they're like, "Oh, thank you so much for taking the time to, to talk with me." I'm like, "Thank you. Are you kidding me?" I'm like, "I'm the one asking you, you know, questions and your about your life." You know, they're like, "Oh, thanks for you know, thanks for having me." Yeah. I'm like, "I'm like, dude, thank you for answering an email or whatever." Because I'm like, you know, I. I'm getting, I don't care. I said this from the beginning. I'm like, I could have seven listeners. I'm like, it's, it's, you know, I, I love it, you know, and it's, I'm just happy that other Ranger fans and the hockey fans like it as well, as much as I do. Cause, uh, I, I mean, it, it's been great. And, and our listeners and followers, like, I can't tell you how many guys I've had on the show because they'll catch a, a retweet from someone or they'll see a comment from someone and they follow, you know what I mean? It's just like, goes down the rabbit hole there and then they like it. And then I'm like, Oh, Hey, so-and-so liked it. Let me go message them and see what they're up to. So like, I, I can't thank our followers and listeners enough for helping out grow the show. And uh, it like talking to Stan Fisher the other day, like I was just sitting there like grinning the entire time. Like you must think I'm crazy. Cause I'm just like, tell me more, tell me more. And he's like, I only yeah. have an hour and a half. I'm like, all right, fine. Like, yeah. tell me more. No, no you don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, tell me more. 
we're talking about like 1940s Maple Leafs hockey, and I'm like, tell me more. <laughs> I remember when the first puck was invented there, Kyle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the stories can go back and back and back. Exactly. And, um, you know, it's it's pretty remarkable. You know, just being able to do this, and like you said about the fan base, we wouldn't be here. You know, if it wasn't for them. Mm-hmm. So definitely shout out to all the fans. You know. We have there's sports radio out there, and then there's you know the podcast aspect of things. And I podcast game is just growing because mm-hmm. you have these former players or people that have incredible stories now doing podcasts, and it's a little bit more of a raw and personable take that you'll get or show that you'll get. So you know, podcast over uh, sports radio personally for for me. Moving on to our next topic, we're gonna get right into it. Just a little little touch base on it. Game one, Stanley Cup. As obviously, we got game two tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colorado gets a big W in overtime. Now I'll tell you, Tampa Bay. You know they fall back to, to climb back their way back in. They pushed out the overtime. Incredible game. This these two teams, like this is what you wanted to see. Um, was the were these two teams playing? Now Tampa Bay proven back to back champs, which is incredible. That team is built for the playoffs. The Avalanche were always known to be built for the playoffs and to win championships. Now they finally have the opportunity to do it. You know, they kept a lot of their vets. You know, you hear for for years now, like players were going to be moved and then they stayed with with, uh, McKinnon. And now they're there and now they have a shot and they got a really good shot. What did you think? What did you take away from that game one? What do you, what what may be your prediction for the, for the final? I think game one, uh, I wasn't surprised. I don't think that Colorado came out fast, right? Like I felt like at first I was, I actually thought that Tampa would, would win the game because I thought that the layoff would hurt them. I thought Colorado would, would, would hurt them. But then I was like, it's the final, which is a little different than the Eastern Conference Finals. We saw Tampa take a little bit of a slow step at MSG in game one. But I was like, I was impressed by their speed in the first period, but Colorado really came out them and then, uh, the biggest thing was, so you know, Tampa's down three to one, and you're like, all right, this, you know, Vasilevsky lets in a couple softies, and you're like, all right, this, this is interesting. Like, are they gonna run away with this thing? And then all of a sudden, that championship pedigree kind of just showed up, right? And like, like you, like Tampa starts controlling play, and like you see them get more physical, and it's like, now we're three three. And what I was impressed by is that the entire, mo- you know, the entire game starts off with all the energy on Colorado's side. And then momentum shifts back to Tampa. And then you go into that third period, and it's like, to me, I thought Tampa was going to win the game because I'm like, third period, they tie it up. Like, they have all the momentum. That locker room is believing right now. Yeah. Like, they're going to win this game. And then Colorado, like, stays in it. And obviously forces OT there and gets the game winner, which I was impressed by. I'm like, it didn't throw Colorado off their game. And I was like, they stuck with their game. They, they play, you know, they – Played a good, really good third period. It was a really great third period, actually, back and forth. Incredible um, third period. Yeah, and then they get the goal in OT, and I'm like, you know, it, it's going to be a great, you know, series no matter what. And it could be a series where um, it only goes five or six games, but every game is an extremely close battle. You know what I mean? Like, That's it doesn't have take. to go seven <laughs> games. Like, mm-hmm. I think it could go maybe five or six games, but, like, be just a, like, like the Rangers and Kings only won five games. Every game of that series was three overtime games and one, you know, third period goal. Like it was just crazy games. 
But so one of my I favorite think, series, by the way, the Edmonton and Carolina is, is probably number one for me. That Edmonton and Carolina World um, Stanley Cup, and then that series that you just mentioned, the Kings and the Raiders, that was oh, lightning fast, hard to catch. Just, just, just good, good, good hockey all the yeah. way around. Yeah, and you know, not not a great memory for Ranger fans, but you know, it was it was a great Hard series. So. Yeah, it was a great series. So I could see, like, I don't know, it's good again. You got to throw in the champs, and the Rangers just saw that, like, you got you can't let them have any air. So if Colorado, it tonight's game is so important for them to get that two zero lead and keep that home ice advantage going to Game Seven, because I think if they let the champs off the mat tonight and it's one one going back to Tampa, they could be in trouble. It could and it totally flip the switch. It totally flips. Back. It totally yeah. flips because they come back to Tampa. They're so good. They're on home barn. And I, I just think that if – obviously, if Tampa gets a split, it's a home run for them. Like, that's a win. But Colorado, oh, yeah. they have they have to sweep at home right now. They have oh, you're to hearing them. Yeah. You're hearing them, man. They're, yeah. They want it. You know, they, they've been talked about for now – about the last you know four or five years, they they could they could do it. They're, they're, this is my pick. This is my pick. This is my pick, and they've come up a little short. They're there now. There's yeah. no way. There's accountability is everything with this team. They need to, they need to do it. They got to do it. It's like I go back to thinking about the Capitals. You know, get just couldn't get over that hump realistically with the, with the Penguins, and then they beat them. They beat the Penguins mm-hmm. and on, and right there I was like, oh, he's gonna get it. And that's what I, I mean. Of course, the Capitals get it, but. No, Ovechkin, I really think needed needed that. He needed cup. that for his legacy. Yeah, he needed that cup. Last question on this one: Rangers and Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Wow, <laughs> Do, uh, just a little bit of your take, just what you saw from the Rangers in that series, because this team it took a little bit. I mean, I don't know if you want to consider it a rebuild for a while, but oh it yeah, took, it was rebuild, yeah, I mean, they were rebuilding, and to see where they are now. I look at the Metro and it's like, you got the Rangers that are just going up, you know, the Islanders, um, they're making their way up, but I still think they have potential. Um, Penguins, obviously was a decline because they're still competitive, but they're slowly starting to going to be going for a rebuild. And then you have the Flyers, which question marks, <laughs> this, the, the Rangers are, are realistically could be a top of the match on top of the Metro um, hands down. What, what is your take on that? Yeah. I mean, I think when you look at the, the, the vision, like, uh, you, like the Cavs and Pens have been kind of like the upper echelon for so long. Eventually, Crosby and Ovechkin are going to show some type of age here, right? Like, ev- like they're eventually, yeah. Like, think, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> you know, they both fun. they both made the playoffs again this year after everyone predicted that they would have off years. So, you know, they're still around, <laughs> but I, but I think from a future out looking standpoint, like the Rangers are probably in the best position of any of the teams in the Metro. With the young skill and young talent, obviously having Igor Shosturkin in net, that's going to be you know the best goalie in the division. Other than Vasilevsky, probably the best goalie in the NHL. Um, Ooh, hot take, cupcake, I love that. <laughs> uh, so I, I, you know, when you look at even the East in general, you know, it, I think the Rangers should be contenders for the East now. Going like, like this rebuild that was what 2018, 2017, 18 when it started, yeah, got kind of fast track with Panarin. And now we're where we are now. And it's like, we went from like, okay, in two years, three years, we're going to be a solid team. So last year was like a lot of drama. We have a solid team. Like we have to start pushing forward to the playoffs. And all of a sudden we get in the playoffs, we make all this noise. And it's like, okay, now we have a three to four year window where we need to go and do some damage to the playoffs. Take advantage of some of these contracts 
that are lower that are only to get worse as time goes on. And, do. and, you know, these young guys and, and like the guys, like the Rangers have a weird mix where it's like, they have a lot of like 20, like 30 to 28 year olds. And then like 20 year olds. So it's like, these veterans are not presence. The yeah. presence with the young kids, man. Yeah. So like the, the vets aren't old yet and the young guys aren't like so mature yet. So it's like these next couple of years are going to be like, the vets are going to be like going towards their twilight years. So it's like, these are their quote unquote, like, I guess you can say their peak years. So you got to yeah. use that. And then the young kids got to come along with them. So it's like, as long as all the motion goes forward, they Full should be circle, good to man. go. Just yeah, exactly. Rocking and rolling. Exactly. Yeah. So they're in a they're in a good spot. I think Gallant was a perfect hire for them, and I'm sure we'll get into the Flyers hire in a minute. But I think that was a perfect hire for this team. And uh, Chris Jury's done a fantastic job. Every trade he's really made has hit. He hasn't really missed. You know, he hasn't really missed anything. You can say the Bushnevich trade to start off was a little rocky. Yeah. Since yeah. then, yeah. Since then, it's been lights out. And you know, Booch was a the guy they had to get rid of anyway. And they ended up using that pick anyway in in the trade, to, you know, the trade for a cop, which actually ends up being a first runner, but whatever. Um, but you know, cop, Vitrano, Braun, you know, uh, Tyler Mott, like, <laughs> you know, you know, Tyler Mott, like these are all guys who you wouldn't say, like, oh wow, these are need guys to your franchise. All four of them played a huge role in the playoffs. The Rangers, I mean, Braun was like. When they got Braun, I, I obviously knew him from the Flyers, and I'm like, what the hell do you need Justin Braun for? And he played so good for the Rangers in the playoffs. He st- he, That third uh, pairing with him and a 20-year-old Braden Schneider, he kind of helped the kid along. He was a really steady guy from the playoffs, killed penalties for them. Really, there was no game where you're like, ah, oh, damn, Justin Braun sucked tonight. Like He <laughs> was he was good every game, like solid. And just, you know, and, and I he's a guy who I love the Rangers to come back. I don't know if he'll in his time of his career, if he's going to want a six, seven swing role like that. I mean, he yeah. was playing big minutes for the flyers. So I'm sure he can do that. Yeah. The choice team. I mean, realistically, he had no choice. He was being plugged in. You know, you saw Ellis go down, then Braun would step up and then you saw Braun with York. Braun was like a big filling guy. But like you said, I mean, he had, he, he played really well at a high level. He was relied on when realistically you would look at him as, you know, your one of your, your bottom pair, mm-hmm. but you know, a great pick. Rangers, you know, people leaving the organization and just succeeding. Look at uh, look at Knack, Albie Cabell. You know, we, all the, the stuff that people would say about him. He leaves and you know, superstar. Exactly. I like, I like the story. <laughs> the story of the team. Quick question: <laughs> We do a little rapid fire here. Sure. And uh, definitely looking forward to this. Final score: Bar and Girl presents Rapid Fire. Final score: Bar and Girl in Ben Sound. Go there. I will be there Monday. Game three live broadcast. Can't wait to take it. Uh, one question for you, and I can't wait to hear your take on this. Igor versus Henrik, who will have the better career? Ugh. Um, it's big, man. Igor is so young. Happened. Igor the is talks so are young. already talking. Uh, it, I mean, I guess you could say if Igor wins the cup, you got to consider that for Ranger fans. But Henrik was so good for so long. And I think Ranger, so fans, Ranger fans took him for granted for so many years. And I, I think... Uh, you know, his Jersey retirement and everything this season, Ranger fans kind of were able to look back on his career and really appreciate the dominance. And you look at his numbers and they're like, like, like I was doing a, a, a blog and I was doing a, some research about um, Igor and his playoff run. And you're like, Oh, if you take out the two Pittsburgh games, he had a 940 save percentage and a 207 goals allowed. 
And it's like, wow, what an unbelievable playoffs. Stella. And then you go and look, and Hank did that four times in the playoffs. And it's like, you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. numbers that you're like, oh, my God. Like, you see these numbers, he blows the rest of the league away. And then you look at Hank, Absolutely. and he's like, he did it four times. He had a one nine six in a run to the, the Stanley Cup the one year. Like, a ridiculous player. And it's a shame he never got his cup. It really is. And, and the, the Rangers had so many good teams. They just could never good find players. the goal. Yeah. They just never had the big – I know they has never had like the the goal scorers never really stepped up in the playoffs. The Mike Nash had a lot of quiet years, and Gabrick had a lot of quiet years, and they finally got a click in that one year. They went to the cup, you know, with, uh, yeah, Saint Louis, and so uh, you know that, yeah. So that sucked for Hank, but like you look back at his numbers, and and you can say you know he he's probably a top 10 goalie of all time with his numbers. Henrik Lundqvist. He just doesn't have the, cups. I agree 100%. I agree he just doesn't have the cups. And, and, and that will always be something that the asterisk that fans will throw back at you. Right. And, and I, I think the, when you look at his generation, you could say, you know, like when he came in, Marty Brodor was like at the end of his run, right. You know, like it was Marty and, and then it was kind of carry price and, and, and Hank were kind of neck and neck there for a while. Yep. And it's like, you know, their one playoff matchup, Hank beat him, but he was hurt in the first round, so a uh, first game. So it's like, oh, he never beat Price, you know, head to head. And it's like, well, Price never won a cup either. So, like, you know, everyone yeah. throws that back at you, too. So, you know, and then so, you know, a lot of people say, oh, Quick was the best goalie of that generation because he won the cups. But uh, I, I wouldn't say in a, in a game seven, would you say I want Jonathan Quick over Henrik Lundqvist? Like, I, I want Lundqvist. I, yeah, I don't. I don't think so. There, so goalie versus goalie, goalie versus goalie. I'll, I'll, I'll discount the players around. Goalie versus goalie. I'll take Hank. I mean, the yeah. Kings had look at look at the King. What the Kings were going to yeah. do. So, so I don't know if I can answer that. With I just want to hear you dissect it. Yeah, the, the true goes. answer. Um, but if if Igor wins a cup, and believe me, I got a special place in my heart for Henrik Lundqvist. I was always a Hank guy. I appreciate and, the goaltender. Yeah, I was always a Hank guy. I, I appreciate good goaltending. Yeah, and I'm a Richter guy. You know, I I, I oh. appreciate all you know. So, um, so Igor, if he wins the cup, I, I gotta say, you can say it's more successful because of that. But then you look at Hank, and it's like what he did internationally, winning the gold medals for Sweden and all that kind of crap. You know, the guy, he's just he's an unbelievable person too. Like he's huge in the community in New York still, and he didn't want to leave. He's still doing New York uh, media. And, uh, you know, he's he's kind of staying a part of the the Rangers fabric and everything, which is very cool to see him do that, because the way his career ended, obviously, he didn't want to end that way. I selfishly hated the fact that he was going to play for the Capitals like and I I was like, uh, even like the videos of him in the practice gear with the Capitals like sting. So as much as I was like, oh, I I don't want to see that. I was so upset when he couldn't play. I and I was it. like, and I even said that year, I'm like, listen, the Rangers don't win the cup. I'm going to root for him in the caps. Like if they make it to the playoffs and the Rangers didn't like I'll, I'll root for the caps and, uh, no. and I hate the capitals, you know, and it's like, you know, a team that I would never root for. So can't root for the caps. You know, so you want to see people win, but not the caps. <laughs> exactly. Last, our last segment, the big one. And I'm definitely going to kind of like, let you just kind of run with this and maybe back and forth before you out, before you head out, Philadelphia Flowers signed a former Rangers head coach, John Tortorella. Four-year deal, you know this coach obviously has uh, uh, very entertaining. Clearly, his <laughs> his archive videos are resurfacing from the grave, more or less. So people are getting a little taste. I don't know if John Torrell is going to be like that, more or less. You know, the old Bobby Knight throwing a chair or, or a stick across the ice. 
I think he's going to be hard-nosed. I think he's going to be good. I think players are going to be held accountable. And with the young guns that we have on this team, I think it's really needed. Um, you know, Obviously, it was like some time ago that the Rangers had John Tortorella, but maybe your experience, what you saw, what do you think – what are the Philadelphia Flyers getting out of John Tortorella? What do you think he could do? Um, and will it be successful? I think Torts was peak Torts in New York too, right? New York media and him just were a – Yeah, perfect combination of just anger, right, towards each other, and it was great. Um, And and I've had, like I said, I've had so many guys on the show that played for him, and they're like, he would play it up too. Like, I I forget who I had on, and they're like, he was in the locker room after something, and he's like, watch this. And he walks out and just blows up on one of the media. (laughs) So, like, he knew what he was doing. And uh and Probably players, good today. I'm gonna go yell at someone. Yeah, exactly. Like he thought it was a joke and he like went out and just like blasted some guy. So uh so yeah, I, I think that with the flyers, and I think which is needed, um, he's gonna go in there and he's gonna find who wants to play and who doesn't want to play. He's gonna go in there and weed out who he doesn't think is there for you know to help the team. And that might be good and bad for certain guys that the flyer fans like. Like I I I don't know who those guys are, but I'm sure Torts will find them. And I think poor Kim Atkinson like ran away from him basically, and now he's back, you know. So like that sucks for him. But I think no, yeah, yeah. I think uh, first of Carter Hart also, God bless him now too, because you know Torts is historically, you know, does not really, you know, kind of like Mike Keenan esque with his goaltenders, like. If you're going good, I'll leave you in. But if you're bad, like you, you, you can see the bench for a week, you know. And like he did it with Hank sometimes, where he's just like, you know, out of building, quick, you know, That's quick, quick it. pull, quick pull, like two goals in the first period, and you're gone. Uh, yeah. and, and and but Torts will get his team to win. Like you know, in his five years with the Rangers, he made the playoffs four times. You know, he made the the um conference finals once. You know, he made the semifinals another time. It's just. The only thing with him is there's an expiration date. Like there's always he's not gonna be a guy who's gonna be there for 10, 15 years. He's a guy who's gonna be there for four to five years, help turn around a team, make some playoff runs, transition and, and kind of trans yeah, he, but he'll he'll figure out what the hell is going on in Philly. And I think the Flyers are a team who have been underachievers the last few years. And I think told me. And, and I that the Flyers were a team on paper who I was like, they're going to be a playoff team this year. Last East, two years, yes. I've said that. I had them go to the Eastern Conference Finals on record because of the yeah. they made, another year with Carter, Ryan Ellis to play with Provorov, a complimentary player because let me tell you something. And and, and I'll go back on uh, Jesse Bell from uh, Flyers Alley. Him and I have had this conversation. You know, Provorov's being exposed when he doesn't have a complimentary player. I know he's playing a lot of minutes, but a lot of flaws that people are starting to pick out of this game. And you saw what happened with Niskanen. You know, he played very well. And then they filled this. They put Gus in there. <laughs> I, who, who knows what happened with that? I mean, I, that was that was tragic. And then you get Ryan Ellis. Five years you control for. That was one of my favorite moves that were made. And then Ellis plays six minutes. Not literally, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Shame. It's a shame. It, re- it really is. Um, I love the move. I think that this this is the kind of team that that, that needs this kind of coach. Um I was ever big hiring inside the organization, but John Tortorella, man, he's back in business. I did, really yeah. And I just think when you look at the coaches that the Flyers have had, like Vigneault was an interesting choice. I thought he was an interesting hire for the Flyers. I was like, cause he, again, with the Rangers, he had his moments where he was really good. And then also he can outthink himself. He'll try to outthink 
everyone and then he'll end up just shit in the bed and then it's like i have a take on that too i do have a take on Elaine video i look back at Elaine video and i look at you know he two 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 great cup runs but i also look back that he had two of the greatest goalies to ever play the game too with yeah. king with henrik and um luongo yeah Mason steel games man goalies will do that and i think that that not taking anything away from av is he's, he's an nhl coach way more than i could say but when you have players like that, I mean, it does say. I mean, look at not to get off topic. Look at Joe Girardi; he was here two years and, and gone. He was with the Yankees. I mean, we don't have to do much when he got Mariano Rivera, Mark <laughs> Chair, and Third Gino. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, what do you have to do? Show up and smoke a cigarette or something at that point? You know what I mean? Crack a beer. You put a cardboard cutout of yourself back there at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and AV was terrible with the young guys too, and, and I think. You know, how many really young young talent guys developed under AV, you know, in Philly as well as New York? Like, not too many guys. He was big on his veterans. He was big on sticking with guys he was comfortable with. Um, you know, it stunted, like, JT Miller's growth. We've seen him take off since then. Hell, he tried, you know, Torch tried to stun Kreider's growth at first, and and Kreider basically powered through that and in the yeah, NHL. But, he's been able to do. You know, what so, do, yeah. So, I mean, there's definitely, like, guys you look back, and, and Torch was terrible with Miller as well, but. Um, so I, it's just like, uh, I, I think when you look at Philly, like Hackstall was such a bad hire. And I think he just, I think he just hurt that franchise so bad during his tenure there. And when I've had guys on the show that talk about that time playing in Philly, then like Dale Weiss was talking about that time. And like, yeah, I love Dale he, he just perfect. talks about like how, like, uh, like Hackstall was a good guy, but he just like, he just didn't have like the control of everything. And, and, uh, I think Torts is going to get that control back in that locker room. And I think he's going to, it's going to be the worst offseason probably for these guys ever because they're going to come in for a Torts camp. And it's he the, said it. He said it yesterday. Did he say it? Yeah. Okay. He said it. He said, we're going in and we're going to, and it's not going to be easy. And I'm like, yeah. regret, that's what I like to hear. Yeah. John Tortorella, Philadelphia Flyers head coach. Who would have thought Flyers, Rangers, and just a couple of gents talking? And he's and he's a guy who will bring the brushy bullies back too. You know, he, he's, you know what I mean. Like Torts is uh, Tort. You better be blocking shots. You better be hitting somebody. Uh, you know, your defense better be standing some guys up at the blue line because that's what he wants to see. And uh, we had guys look around and in, in training camp that they were blocking shots because he would get upset in training camp if you would let a shot go by and not put an effort into it. So uh, if I don't know about Phillies D, if they're ready to do that in training camp, you know. <laughs> But uh, I think these guys are going to have a little bit of a uh, a welcome back to the NHL moment when when he, when he comes in there. But but you, but I mean I like a lot of guys in this team that like Sean Cloutier. Like that's a guy that will have a huge year on a torts. Like that's a guy who just plays the game that he likes. You know a no a physical game. You know will kills penalties. Can do anything else for you. Like I think that he's a guy who can have a good year. Um, but like, look at the rest of the roster. Like, I think a guy who I hate to say it could get chewed up by him is Kevin Hayes. Really? Yeah. Really? I just, yeah. Cause Hayes, wow. like, like just from my, Actually, I remember yesterday, he was a little bit of the opposite. He kind of said, he can't wait. He doesn't know Kevin too well. Can't wait to meet Kevin, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Talk with Kevin. I was kind of weird, but you got, you got to feel like he was like, going to kind of like consider like a captaincy. Not, you know, you know, not, not, maybe, not I don't know. Maybe, but, but I, I just see him as a guy. Very interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I maybe it's because I mean, again, this is off torts from the Ranger year, so he's had some years to 
cool off a little bit in life. But I, I just see like, and then again, like from watching Kevin every night in New York, like Kev's not a guy who's going to go out there and like take the extra body. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, he, and he's such a big dude. I I can see towards getting pissed. Part of his game. It should yeah. be part of his game. Don't yeah. upset, up the center of the ice, man. Just power through, power forward, but can, but can still accelerate. Yeah, I can just see. I can see towards getting on him for that. Uh, who knows? Maybe maybe all of a sudden Hayes is out there throwing body checks and in October and we're like, Oh wow. Look at him taking into the system. But, um, you know, he's making him enough, enough money that he should, you know, you're, you're and, damn right. You know, put a few <laughs> shekels in pocket. I'll tell you this about Hayes and then we'll transition out. You know, I've got to do some photography with the flowers this past season. And I'm about my second period. I'll sit behind the bench. Um, great spot. And a little scuffle in front of the bench and Hayes is in it. And Hayes just looks like, you know, no part of it. Like there's no intensity. I'm just like, What's going on with this team? I'm about to start something in the audience. It's fired <laughs> up, I, and and you know I definitely get what you're saying, but um, appreciate you coming on, my friend. I know you're getting ready to go. Where can we find you? Hit us with all. You got a laundry list of good things. Yeah, I got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. We, let, let's hit it, man. Tell us where we can find you. You know, plug your stuff. I'll be sure that we put it out there as well. Yeah, so you can find the, the podcast at Broadway Hat Pod on Twitter. Uh, we're on Twitter. I'm sorry, on Facebook and Instagram at the Broadway Hat Podcast. You can find the show literally on all downloaded programs at you know Apple, Amazon, Spotify. We're on Spreaker, which is our host network, which is awesome. Um, you can find me personally on Twitter at KHOLNY. Uh, you know, we'll be following along uh, all the offseason stuff. We just had the Rangers re-sign Sammy Blay two days ago, so that was a big signing for the Rangers to get him back. Uh, Kratzoff has come back from Russia, so some uh, early stuff there. And obviously the Rangers off season is going to be interesting with, they bring back Ryan Strom or uh cop there. So be some good stuff there. We have, uh, have an article coming out on Monday or Tuesday, depending on when I finish it about the Rangers goaltending situation going forward. I know we have Shesterkin. Is there set, a situation? But, well, it's the guy who's going to play the 15, 20 games behind Shesterkin. Understood. Understood. Uh, you know, so uh, Gorgiev, the current backup goaltender is on the way out. Uh, so who's the new guy coming in? You know, who are they going to do there? They have a lot of UFA and RFA goaltenders in their franchise. So uh, Shesterkin's like the only guy who's signed that has any NHL experience right now on the roster. So well, he uh, ain't hit it down. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that'll be coming out uh, soon this week, which would be good. And you can find that at bellyupsports.com. Um, yeah. I mean, thanks. Thanks for having me on and oh, let me rip. I, I, I like the hire for the Flyers. I think Torts is a good hire. I think they needed a guy. I I was surprised they didn't uh his name like wasn't the first name out there for them. So I was surprised that's the road they went down. But yeah, um, but I think it's a good hire for them. And I think they recognize they need a kind of like a turn, like a voice that can really change that locker room. And and he is a guy who will turn it around. And you saw it in Columbus, like that team, Columbus never really had success in their whole franchise, right? And he came in there and he went to the playoffs, I think like five of his six years. Yeah. So uh, you know, he he really turned that franchise around, and um, like like I said, flat, don't expect him to be here forever. This, I don't think there's gonna be a torch banner well, hung up in Wells Fargo, but not uh, if the torch uh, signs a twelve year contract. <laughs> yeah, you know, I like, I don't see that happen. I think I think those four years done his deal are probably what he's gonna absolutely. get, if not shorter. But uh, he'll definitely uh, turn that team around. From the man himself, the man of many activities, Kyle Hall. Kyle, my friend, once again, thank you so 